Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. It kind of went the way we thought it would time. Maybe you were more optimistic than I was time, and and that's okay, because there's nothing wrong with dreaming time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday night, sitting exactly 2.1 miles away from Neyland Stadium, where uh, the the guest, the co-host of this podcast, uh, also was with me just a couple of hours ago, actually just got back not long ago from Neyland Stadium, where Tennessee fell uh, by a, a lot, a pretty fair amount, 48-17 to 17 to second-ranked Alabama. Patrick Brown, what's going on, man? Nothing, just uh, getting back home and uh, joining you again. It's like, it's like we never left. Yeah, it is, uh, except for now I'm not staring at the back of your head, which is nice. Not that there's anything wrong with the back of your head. No, that, that, no that, that's a plus. I'll say that. Um. And I guess the positive would be with you sitting, if I'm looking at the back of your head, you means you're not looking at me at all, which is... Which is also positive. Which is probably the way I would prefer, and my the way my wife would prefer things, too, if I'm being honest. Pat, this game, uh, you know, there's a bunch to take away from this game. I, I, I think, you know, the bottom line is that this is about what most of us expected. I mean, I think I picked 48-14 and ended up being 48-17. I, I think we all picked a, a pretty lopsided game, uh, if Tennessee had played the way it played against Alabama last week, um, probably I think could have been a, good enough to beat Kentucky. I don't think the performance from Tennessee was absolutely terrible. I might be wrong about that. Uh, I think that there were several things that could have gone better, um, but overall, considering the opponent, I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not that hung up on the way this one ended. Well, no, I mean it's like you said. I think it went as uh, you know, I had 48. What did I have? I had 42-17. So I was right through three quarters until uh, Alabama, you know, I guess I missed uh, – I guess I overestimated how good their uh, kicking game has gotten now because usually Alabama misses most of their field goals that they may, that they attempt. So <laughs> That's of, true. You know, they made two this time. So maybe I didn't take that into account. But, um, but yeah, you know, I knew it would be tough for Tennessee's offense um, uh, against – or Tennessee's defense, I should say, against Alabama's offense. Alabama's offense, with or without Jalen Waddle, I think is very good. 
Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, their offensive line, I think it's overlooked because of all the, you know, Mac, the way Mac Jones is throwing the deep ball, the way the receivers are making big plays. But, I mean, I don't know how you stop Alabama's offense. You know, this is a, this is an offense that went, you know, hung 41 on Georgia's defense. And we all know how good that defense is. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure if you're, you know, if you're Tennessee, you're going to look back at a couple plays, a couple of moments that, you know, if you get those plays, if you make those plays, maybe it's a different game. Uh, maybe you, you know, force a field goal. Maybe you get off the field. Maybe you get a turnover in the end zone. Um, I think that was a close play early in the game. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that probably went about how I thought it would. Um, this isn't an Alabama, a vintage Alabama defense, but it doesn't have to be because the way they're, you know, they're scoring 48 a game. So, um, and I thought Tennessee did some better things than, I, than maybe I expected on offense. I think Jerry Garantano, uh, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, considering what we've seen, you know, we've seen the, the, the bad from him and this was far, far from that, you know, um, if you get no turnovers from him and of course he didn't take any sacks or either. So, um, if you, if you can get this kind of game from him, you're, you're going to have a chance to win most times, uh, against most of the teams you're going to play. Um, but like you said, I think you made a good point that if Tennessee had played like they did today, they almost certainly are probably going to beat Kentucky, right? I would think um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, at least, you know, that game could have gone much better than it did. Um, but, I, you know, I think coming off of that Kentucky game, I think, you know, there's still some frustration about how the season has gone, and there's some frustration from uh, maybe some things that, that could have gone differently that would have maybe kept Tennessee in the game longer today. But that said, I think, you know, I think Alabama was really good. Um, and, and a lot of what Tennessee did wrong, Probably had a lot to do with Alabama in a lot of cases, but there are also some moments where, again, if you're Tennessee, you're going to look back and say, uh, you know, if this goes differently, maybe it's maybe it's a closer game. Yeah, I think the the margins in a game like this for Tennessee are 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 pretty small. I don't want to say they're non-existent like they used to be, but the, the list of things that that has to go right for Tennessee in a game like this is is pretty large and and you could make a list of maybe 10 or so things and like at least eight of those things have to go your way in, in order for Tennessee to kind of have a chance in a game like this and, and and frankly Alabama needs to play pretty bad and I don't think Alabama played that bad today you know there was a you know the it didn't play great necessarily but I, but I think it played pretty well especially considering Waddle goes out on the opening kickoff and he's done for the year unfortunately which is just terrible because I think he's the probably the most exciting player to watch in college football right now, at least for me right now. So, so I think that that's disappointing for the SEC, disappointing for college football. But you know, you're you're rolling in guys like Mechie and Bolden and other guys behind him who are still really good football players. So it's not like Bama's just cooked at that point. You know, they're just they kind of roll out some other dudes. No one quite like Waddle, um, but but still some some really good players. But the list of things that have to go right. You know, Mac Jones completed 81% of his passes today for a billion yards, basically. But there were at least three opportunities where Tennessee's defensive backs probably should have had an interception, in my opinion. If you want to play at a high level, if you want to give yourself a chance uh, to win a game like this, you have to make those plays. And Tennessee had at least three chances, really good chances, to intercept a ball. And um, I think it turned into one incompletion, or, or one completion and two incomplete passes. You just have to you have to make those plays in a game like this. You you, you have to make those plays. Tennessee's defense, I, I think, held in there okay. Remember that Alabama was like seven of twelve on third down today, and its numbers for the season went down. That's how good Alabama is on third down. It's better than anybody in the country at it. 
But there were a couple chances where Tennessee had Harris stopped behind the line of scrimmage and just did not get him on the ground. Now, he's a big dude. He's almost Derrick Henry size. That's a large mammal. He's going to make some plays. He's going to make people miss. He had more yards against Georgia than he did against Tennessee. Tennessee did an okay job against him, but had a couple chances, really good chances, to get him behind the line scrimmage on third down. Didn't do it. So those things, when those don't go your way, you're not going to win a game like this. Then well, Harris, I, look, I look back at three plays, Wes. Uh, go ahead. I don't know what the what, what drive it was, but Daryl Millicent is unblocked in the backfield and has a chance to uh, take Harris down for a loss on third down. Um, and, and as big as Najee Harris is, he's not as big as Daryl Middleton. And Middleton just whiffs. Um, and the drive before that, um, I think it was third down. Alabama or Tennessee didn't block a guy, and he got in the backfield. He made the tackle. And you know that's the difference in, in these two teams right now is when Alabama's guys are unblocked, they're making plays. Uh, when Tennessee's guys are unblocked, Alabama's guys are making a miss. So, uh, and then Harris still had to fight through about two different tackles and about four different defenders and. There were so many plays in this game where you're like, how did he get five yards? It looked like he was going to get one yard and he got six, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big play because if you make that play right there, you're, you're probably forcing a field goal early in the game. Instead, they were in the end zone a couple of plays later. Uh, there was the deep shot to, um, I think it was Mechie. I'm not sure what the score was time. It was second quarter. It was going towards uh, Tennessee's locker room. But, um, again, it goes back to the Georgia game with Trayvon Flowers. If a, team, if, if a quarterback's going to throw one up to you in double coverage, and you get your hands on it. You have to make that play. Bryce Thompson probably makes that play six out of ten times, but this time he somehow didn't high point the ball like he should have. Uh, I think he probably went for the interception um, yeah. instead of the, you know, if he goes up and tries to knock that ball down, he probably knocks it down. Uh, he went up for the pick, which, you know, you can't blame him necessarily because, uh, you know, that's what DBs are coached to do, go up and get the ball. Um, but that's a play where, uh, if you make that interception or at least knock it down, maybe Alabama doesn't score two plays later. And then the fumble, you know, I, it looked like a fumble to me, Wes. I don't know what the I SEC think it was a fumble. Crew thing. saw. We didn't really get an explanation on why the play stood. I don't know if they didn't if they couldn't determine it was you know if it was a clear recovery, what the deal was there. But it certainly looked to me like Najee Harris is on a defender's body when the ball comes out. Um, I, again, I, they cut the replays off too close, you know, too soon to see who, if it was DeAndre Johnson, if it was somebody else from Tennessee, or if uh, they gave Harris credit for grabbing it with one arm, even though, you know, is that really possession at that point? Yeah, and, um, and that's, that, those that's, are, that's such a big those, play because Harris never loses. Harris fumbled once earlier this season, and that was the first lost fumble of his career, and, it, and he's a senior, so he doesn't do that very it was, often. It was a it was a great play from I think Bumpus is the only guy who ripped it out, but mm-hmm. you know that's a great play with that, you know. You get a little bit of bad luck there, you know. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't. I didn't get. A, we didn't get an explanation on why that play was upheld. It looked to me like it was a fumble. Maybe they didn't see a clear recovery. Uh, it sure seemed like Tennessee thought they had the ball, but you know that fumble on the goal line that could be a big swing in that game. Um, and then those other two plays, if they go differently, then you know maybe Tennessee gets an extra stop or two, or they get a hold in the red zone, a hold in the red zone, and, uh, and maybe they're still in this game. But you know, the, the issues in the secondary continue to be a problem on defense, and then. Uh, a lot of missed tackles today, and sometimes you can chalk up missed tackles too. The other team just has really good players, um, and certainly that's the case with this Alabama offense. But they're just, you know, I, I don't know if if that's just the the talent difference or if if it, you know Tennessee's players, you know, when you're making a tackle against better, you know, talented players like Alabama, you you kind of seems like all of their techniques and what they're taught just goes out the window, and you're just it makes you look bad sometimes. So, um, but again, that's what Alabama does to people. That's what Alabama's going to do to a lot of teams. Um, and 
but certainly they're, you know, I think Tennessee's defensive line needs to get better. Uh, clearly that group regressed, I guess. Uh, certainly Jer- Jeremy Pruitt feels that it regressed under, Very much so, uh, yeah. under Jimmy Brumbaugh, and he's trying to uh, – it's like his own personal reclamation project. But, um, you know, and, and the secondary, they've, they've kind of been – that's kind of been a disappointment all season because – uh, we thought that group would be better than it, than it's played. Yeah, I, th- that play was the next thing I was going to mention. The play on the on the goal line there. I, I think a better explanation would have been nice. Um, but I, my my belief is that when they looked at the at that video, they said, "Yeah, that might be a fumble, but we can't tell for sure who recovered it." And since that's either a touchdown or a touchback, and we're not exactly sure we're just going to go back to where the ball was fumbled or whatever and keep possession with Alabama. That's the only thing that that I can think of in my head because that clear as day looked like a fumble to me. And maybe there's another angle they've got the replay guys do. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they looked at from what we saw on the play. It looked like that ball got out and it, it looked like Tennessee got a hand on it. So, so I, I don't, you know, my, my point, where I was going with that was that there was a long list of things that had to go exactly right for Tennessee to have a chance in this game. And a lot of those things just didn't go Tennessee's way, not making the play that they needed to, not putting some more pressure on Alabama. And and the margins are so thin in a game like this that that it's like they did they played okay, but they had to play fantastic to have a chance to win this game. And they're just not making plays. And I, I don't know why that secondary has just not been as good as we thought it would be. I guess the way Nigel Warrior played at the, at the end of last season, just it was even better than we thought it was because they're, they're just at the safety position in particular, they're just not making plays. And I, I don't know why that is, but that's where they are right now. They need to get better there. Derek Ansley is a really good secondary coach, a really good defensive coordinator. I think the bye week comes at a good time for them. They need to get better. The defensive line needs to get better. But there were some things in this game that were better, I think. And before we go to break, we're going to talk about those things really quickly, the things that I saw anyway. Pass protection, much better in this game. Um, you know, Alabama had one sack and zero or, or, or zero sacks and one pressure in 25 throw attempts. That's pretty good. I know this Alabama team doesn't have great edge rushers necessarily, but that's still better. I thought Jameer Johnson looked be- looked good coming in at left tackle and filling in for Wanya Morris. I think he made them look better up front. I think um, Darnell Wright, at right tackle, played better. That looked good. Jalen Hyatt emerged at wide receiver, made two huge plays. Still not sure he ever stepped out of bounds on that second one, but officials said he, he did. did. You, you still think he did? I still never saw clear yeah, evidence he that did. he did. Barely, but he did. Well, that's fair enough. I You maybe saw a better angle than I did because I watched the replay and I thought – is he out of bounds? I, I still don't know that he was. But regardless, he steps up, two targets turn into two really big plays, uh, and he showed some speed that Tennessee desperately needs there, and I'm just wondering why they only targeted him twice. So a couple of other things in that game were better, I thought, and, and it gives you reason to believe that with the bye week, some of this stuff maybe can get sorted out and this team can play better. Yeah, and – like I said, I, I think the better things have to be on offense because it was pretty – it wasn't great against Kentucky, obviously. Um, and, and remember, you know, Alabama scored 48 points. They did get a defensive touchdown. Um, you know, I think that was a big play in the game too, right? You know, Tennessee coming out of halftime has not been very good. No, that's three games uh, in a row. These past couple of weeks for sure, um, or, or at least during this losing streak. 
you know, you have a chance to come out. It's 28, 10, you know, you, you've been moving the ball. You had a couple of nice drives, uh, in the first half, uh, and you have a chance to go and make it 28, 17. And, you know, you, the longer you can stay in the game, the more pressure you put on Alabama to keep executing. Um, you know, it's, e- it's a lot easier to, to execute in a game and, and go out there and play when you're up 35, 10, as opposed to you being up two scores. So, uh, and you know, Eric Gray, who's had some ball security issues, um, dating back to last season, a couple times this season, he's put the ball on the ground. Um, you know, has a play made against him, you know, Malachi Moore rips the ball out and takes it back for a touchdown. That was the only turnover. So you, you cut the turnovers down, which was a big thing, but you still gave up a defensive touchdown somehow. So, uh, they, they've obviously got to stop doing that. I mean, that's eight turnovers in three games and that's what, 37 points. Yeah, and, and, um, and that you've and, given up, and 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 you've given up two first downs to the other team off, you know, in those sudden change situations. So, um, and then you know, right after that, you give up the touchdown, then you get a great turnover. You know, Trayvon Flowers makes the play, punch the ball out. You get a turnover, and then that that play calling sequence there just really puzzled me. I don't know why um, first yeah. and ten at your own or at Alabama's forty eight or whatever. Uh, you just make a play, go up top. You know, you you've thrown, you, you've proven you can. First of all, you were protecting the quarterback in this game. Second of all, you were, you know, you'd made some plays over the top um, with, with Hyatt, with Josh Palmer. You know, you taking some downfield shots. Why aren't you taking one down? You know, why aren't you taking one there? Or try something. Don't run it off tackle for minimal gain. And they might have even lost yards on that play. So, uh, and then the third down call on that that sequence, that that was just really puzzling to me. Um, and we, you know, we don't get to talk to Jim Chain. We don't get to know what their thinking was there. Um you know, some some calls, some conservative calls in you know in this game, you you understand, you know, and sometimes you think uh, Tennessee's in third and eight and they run it. To me, that's always them saying, if we get close on fourth down, we'll go for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what they were thinking on that third down. But um, that 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 sequence didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, the field goal early in the game, it was fourth and two. Uh, that was at that point for your offense, you didn't want to maybe have a chance where you have a nice looking drive and then you come up completely empty because that could have been. Uh, that could have been a real demoralizing moment. So I think maybe that 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 field goal there is maybe justifiable a little bit. But I, I didn't understand the after the turnover. It was thirty five ten. What have you got to lose? Take a shot up, you know, take a shot down the field and uh, see if you can get back in the game. And uh, they didn't do that. And Alabama went down and scored. So um, yeah, there's still some good things. But you, you said something earlier, um, you know, about what Tennessee needed to win this game. They need Alabama to play an off game. That's what improved pointed this out afterwards. The best teams in this league, they don't do that. They don't beat themselves. They make you beat them, and they have better athletes than you, and so that's why it's much harder for them to beat themselves. Um, so, and, you know, you really saw that today with, with Alabama. They don't they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. You know, they had a couple of penalties, but they weren't big penalties. Um, you know, they had the one turnover, but that was that was it. And, you know, that, that's the thing is these, these teams, you know, they put so much pressure on you with their talent that uh, they have a lot more margin of error, like you said. And so – uh, Tennessee's not to that point, and they haven't really all season played, uh, even in stretches, they haven't played well in all three phases. They haven't had, you know, the offense going or the defense going. You know, even some t- you know, even some on Saturday, they had some good moments on offense, but then the defense couldn't get stopped. You know, they did get a couple stops on defense and then couldn't do anything with it. So uh, they need to sort of line that up. And uh, I guess the good news, if you're trying to, to look at the positives coming out of this game, is that you do have your open date now. Uh, which will give you a chance to get some of your younger players more work. Uh, and you have to play Georgia and Alabama again, so that's always good. 
Yeah, there's a couple things here that I want to talk about, and, and what you just mentioned was a good was part of what I wanted to talk about in the second segment, which is a good a good segue to that. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to step away, we're going to take a break, pay some bills, and we're going to come back, and I want to talk about that too a little bit because that was something in this game that I. I really didn't like, and it was more from a philosophical standpoint than anything else. So uh, just hang on just a second, just a couple minutes. We'll be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to us from an undisclosed location. Uh, and we just, uh, as of just a couple hours ago, we're still at Neyland Stadium where Tennessee fell to second-ranked Alabama, 48-17 to on Saturday. Got plenty to talk about here in the second segment. But before we do that, I'm just going to remind everybody again, ask everybody again, uh, please go in there and subscribe to this podcast and hit the hit that just mash that subscribe button and please give us a rating and review whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24/7 podcast. And we do this for free and we're happy to do it. It really is a labor of love, but we really would like it if you could please just take just a couple minutes there, drop a rating and review. Uh, it really helps us out. It really helps grow the wolf pack. It helps people with the, uh, you know, the algorithms and stuff. It helps more people see this podcast. Uh, and, and I'm really, really thrilled with everything that we're doing here. Uh, the, the way that this thing is growing every week, it's been awesome. And we have so much to thank y'all uh, for all of that. Uh, but the one thing that we're going to ask for still is if you could go do that, that would be a big help for us. Second thing, really quickly, uh, I apologize. My voice is a little bit shot this evening. I don't know why. It just is that time of year. So uh, please just bear with me. I'm, I've got a little bit of a weakness in the vocal cords right now. Uh, Pat talked a lot there at the end of that first segment about something I wanted to talk about too in this podcast, which was that Tennessee, in in my opinion, philosophically got something wrong about this game. And it, 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 I don't want to say like it really, really bothered me, but it, I don't think it was the right thing to do. 
Alabama is going to go out there and score 45-plus points in just about every game that it plays this season. This team came into this game averaging 48.5 points. And in this game, it scored 48 points, and it was 7 of 12 on third down. And that brought both of those numbers down for the season. Down. And remember, Alabama has has played an SEC-only schedule just like everybody else has. Already played Georgia. You know, been some tough games that this team has played. And still, that offense is just churning through people like it's 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 just a kind of a cheat code that whole offense starting up front with the line it's fantastic the quarterbacks mac jones jones has been a surgeon the receivers are explosive they got good tight ends who do a lot of things harris is a really good running back there's nothing that they're really missing on offense so that that game against that kind of opponent i thought tennessee was a little bit too conservative at times in this game and not just offensively uh, I think in other ways too I I think that uh, Tennessee tried an onside kick in the second half I would have liked to have seen one earlier than that because you very clearly Alabama had 400 yards of total offense in the first half there was nothing you were really doing to get in Alabama's way so at that point I don't know why you're not being a little bit more aggressive with things like that. Pat mentioned the sudden change situation there with handing the ball off, you know, basically three times, one pop pass in there, going nowhere. I don't like the message that sends because you're not going to be conservative against a team like this and beat it. The offense is too good. I think you have to be more aggressive. And to me, Pat, and feel free to disagree with me here. I know you'll tell me if you do. If your choices are to be sort of conservative and lose a game by 31 points or be aggressive and lose it by 40 or 50 points, I'd rather do the latter, man. I'd rather go out there and be aggressive because I want to go out there and shoot my shot. I don't want to go up against a team like this and not do everything that I could and know that I gave my players the best chance they could to, to put some points on the board and win this game. Well, I, I don't, I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't buy into damage limitation or anything like that. Um, it, you know, it, it, especially if it's going to be the difference in losing by 31 or 38. I mean, you know, it's not like Alabama was throwing it b- down the field in the fourth quarter with their backups with, uh, with Bryce Young in there. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think you can, you can kind of rationalize a couple of them, like I said, in the, at the end of the last segment. I mean, I think, you know, that field goal early in the game, if it's, you know, if you, if you have that good of a drive, your offense was, in the tank last week, you know what I mean? So if, if you, if you go on that drive, 13 plays, what, you know, 60 yards, I think it was, you go down there and get, you know, get stopped on fourth down. That's going to, you know, that might be demoralizing. Get something out of that. I, like I said, the, the one that confused me, I would have done, I like, like you said, I would have done the onside kick earlier. Um, and I would have, uh, been more aggressive on that turnover, but, um, I, I don't know that Tennessee was like super conservative in this game. Um, I, I do wonder again, and you know we saw this last year with Marquez Callaway and Juwan Jennings. At, at times, if Tennessee had nothing else, they would at least kind of, kind of chuck it up there and hope, yeah. you know, but, and, and take some shots down the field. And that seemed to be the, you know, I don't know how many shots they took down the field, but they probably hit on more than half of them tonight or on Saturday. So, um, you know, why, why not do that more when it was clear you didn't give up any sacks? I don't know how many quarterback hits they gave up. You know, you were protecting better. Uh, why didn't you call more, you know, downfield pass plays when it was clear that that was something that was working for you? Um, if, if you have J- if you have Jalen Hyatt in the slot working on safeties, 
he showed twice he can run by him. You know, that's not like he has to know the whole playbook to do that. So, um, you know, why don't they do that more? They took some shots downfield to Josh Palmer uh, on Patrick Sertan, who's Alabama's best cover corner. Uh, Sertan won a couple of those uh, matchups, but then they got the touchdown over on him too. So um, why don't they do that more? Maybe it would be something else I would question. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that Tennessee was super conservative. And, and frankly, I don't know if, if they would have been more aggressive <laughs> that it would have made that much of a difference just because you know, it's Alabama and they were obviously the better team. Yeah, I just I, I think you're trying to set a you're you're trying to set the a tone as a program. I, I don't I don't know that we can I don't I don't know. I think Pruitt's shown that he's not necessarily a super conservative coach. I agree I mean? with that, but that's why again why it confused me in this game. Uh, and, and I know that he he's the head coach. He, he's not the offensive play caller. He will go in there and tell him to change a play call if he doesn't like it. He's the one who's ultimately responsible for it and he doesn't deny that. Uh, but you know, I still just you know when they got up when they got uh, that that touchdown to Jalen Hyatt right. There's six thirteen left in the first half. They're down twenty one to ten, and I said at that point, try an onside kick right there. And the reason I said that was because I didn't you know even if you didn't get it, and odds are you don't. I don't know how much of a difference it makes because here's what happened: Tennessee instead of doing the onside kick, boots it to the end zone and Bama takes over at its own 25. The very first play of the drive throws 25 yards uh, to the tight end forest all right to midfield, and then two plays later, they're down to the two-yard line, and they have a five-play touchdown drive. So what difference does it make if you, I mean, at least with an onside kick, you have a chance of recovering it. You're not really slowing down that offense, and that to me is a move that, that Pruitt earlier in his career I think he would have made it. I don't know why he didn't do it today. He did it later in the game, and that was good to see um, because maybe he, he wants to send a message that, that he, he, he has faith in his defense, but I think sometimes discretion's the better part of valor. Like you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not slowing down that offense, so give yourself a chance uh, to do something there. Well, and they didn't, and I, I just I didn't like that. Well, the, and, you know, the flip side of it too is, uh, look at the end of the first half when Tennessee tried, you know, they, I don't, I don't remember how much time was on the clock, maybe a minute, you know, they had the intentional grounding, right. And I think they got Alabama to punt. You got your own 18. You had timeouts left. Uh, I think they ran it on first down and the second down took a shot down the field. Uh, it, it, you know, maybe, maybe people question and say, why don't, why weren't you more aggressive there? Well, even when they ran it on third down and, you know, made Alabama use the timeout. Alabama still got down to the 39 in like 25 seconds, and they got into yeah. a position to get a hail mary. And I think it, you know, you're maybe an offside penalty away there from Alabama getting a field goal. So uh, sometimes just going all out aggressive isn't, you know, isn't the smartest thing to do. And you kind of have to pick and choose your spots. But uh, I think there were a couple of those spots, uh, like we mentioned, where maybe Tennessee could have been a little bit yeah. less conservative. But bottom line is, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would have made that big a difference in the game and in it, even if you're trying to send a message to your team or show your team that you're not going to coach care I, I think I, I don't think that that's something that we're genuinely still questioning about Jeremy Pruitt I mean I think I think he's gone for enough fourth downs and called enough surprise onside kicks in his career uh including one that got Indiana uh in the, in the bowl and of course Indiana had a nice win today how about that yeah they did yeah they did and um, I, I, you know I, I just I I think that to me a 48 to 17 loss and like a 58 to 17 loss to me there's absolutely no difference in that i i don't you know if you tell me that you're going to lose 
58-17, but you're going to play a little more aggressively. I'd rather do that because I would think at least at that point you're trying. You know, I just – they could have – at times when the game was almost decided, it felt like they, they could have – they still could have done a little bit more. I didn't hate the end of the first half, though, Pat, because in that situation it almost worked because Alabama – you know, you, they, they run that first play kind of conservatively. They're not totally hurrying to the line of scrimmage. It looks like they might just go to the half. And then, boom, they try to sneak out, you know, Palmer downfield and make a big play out of that, maybe catch Alabama napping. It was a good try. It's just that it went against the wrong guy. He's really disciplined, and he made a nice play. Uh, and, and I think Garantano gave him a shot on that throw. It wasn't, wasn't terrible. I, I, I just – it seems to me like there are times this season where – this team in general, to me, I think it's a more talented team in some ways, but I don't know that it's as well coached as it was last season. And I get that COVID's happening. I get that things are different right now, but there's just, you know, I just, there, I wanted a little bit more out of this team is what I'm trying to say. And I, I just don't know that, that they're getting everything they can get out of these guys right now. Well, big picture, uh, and if we're going to shift to that, I mean, the, the, the game that Tennessee obviously would love to have back is the Kentucky game. I mean, that's that's the one. Uh, I think most people thought they'd be, uh, at best, 3-2 and two going into this open date. So they're 2-3 and because they imploded against Kentucky, and Kentucky came out on Saturday and lost to Missouri. So, uh, But it does seem that, um, uh, you know, have we, have we determined, has Texas A&M turned a corner? Do we think they have, um, you know, Nobody left on the schedule is like unbeatable. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, yeah, I the, the the two Titans have already been played. Yeah, and so and, and that seems to be the uh, that seems to be the kind of the way it is in this league for the other. I think I've said this before. It's the other eleven teams. Vanderbilt looks pretty desolate, um, and you know Alabama and Georgia are in a class of their own. Florida's got some defensive issues, uh, and, and obviously. You know their their issues with not having practice for however long it's been is may, may not be a big deal in uh, in six weeks when Tennessee plays them, but um, you know Auburn is you know you know the, you, that game they play only close games there. Golly, I mean it's, uh, the, the Auburn Jesus is alive and well, man. The breaks that they uh, get are just you know, baffling. Arkansas looks tougher than everybody expected, but you still wonder if they're kind of just you know, playing above their heads right now. And is, are they going to come back down to reality at some point? Um, you know, is Texas A&M, have they turned the corner or uh, is beating a Florida team that's maybe not as good as everybody thought? You know, it, there's just the rest of the rest of this league for the, for the majority of this league, it's literally anybody can beat anybody on, on any given day. Uh, most teams aren't going to beat Georgia. Most teams aren't going to beat Alabama. Tennessee play those teams. Um, the gap between those teams still seems to be uh, pretty big. Um, but that, the gap between those two teams and a lot of other teams is pretty big. So, um, and, and it just gets back to the Kentucky game. If, if Tennessee was going, you know, if it was, if they were three and two going into this open date, uh, after, and had, you know, had lost Alabama 48, 17, I don't know that, it, you know, I don't know that there's much angst going around, but, uh, because you lost that game the way you did, um, and, and what it's done to your record, you know, I, I think there's a lot more. Uh, uncertainty and, and things of that nature around the program, and, and Pruitt was pretty uh, emphatic and adamant that you know he's he's not lost 
faith. And I don't, I don't know what people would expect him to say, you know, given that he was asked about five different times yeah. uh, about what, you know, is the gap between Alabama too big, this, all that. And the other. Answer. Yes, it is. I, That's going to take time to, to narrow yeah, that. <laughs> you know, people kept asking him that and I'm like, what is he supposed to say? Like, is he supposed to be like, yep, they're way ahead of us. They're also way ahead of everybody. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know I mean, we tried today. Like, what's he supposed to say? I don't it's like Georgia and Alabama are going to be a lot of teams by 23 and 31 points or whatever it was today. So, um, and, and you know, it, it, again, you know, Tennessee is judged on how you do against Florida and Alabama, Georgia. I get that. But, um, if, if, if that's what we're judging it on, then a lot of people are going to be disappointed, not just at Tennessee, but elsewhere. So, um, and, and they, you know, they got to just keep working, keep recruiting, keep trying to, to get better. I, I'm interested to see what comes out of this. Cause uh, I don't know how many times Pruitt needs to say it, but they apparently are very high on a lot of these young players. Um, and, and we haven't seen a lot of them yet. Uh, just maybe in bits and pieces. And, you know, you see a guy like Jalen Hyatt on Saturday sort of have a, a breakout game. I think we can call it that. Yes. I mean, um, and, and, you know, Pruitt points to him after the game saying he's a guy that didn't miss practice. He's gotten a lot of practice. So he's basically on schedules, kind of more or less the way I took what, uh, what Pruitt said. Uh, and then they've got a lot of guys that just aren't on schedule. I mean, I think they really liked Marion McDonald in the secondary, but he's practiced for two weeks. You know, these, these other young wide receivers, you know, Pruitt was asked, a couple different times about why they can't get those guys on the field. And, it's, you know, he was pretty open and saying, you know, you got to earn it during the, during the week. You know, you're not, we're not going to play you just because you might be more talented. You know, you, you got to practice a certain way. And uh, it, what kind of message are you sending to your team if you're playing guys that uh, aren't ready, you know, and, and even going back to before this game, um, when, when Pruitt told CBS that Jared Gantran was going to start at quarterback, you know, I think Jamie Erdahl, who's a sideline reporter for CBS, asked him, how did the team react? And like he was like, well, they, you know, they saw what happens and they see what happens in practice. They're not, you know, the players know what's going on. I mean, there's there's no there's no secrets. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see if if they if there is more of a youth movement. Um, and, and Pruitt seems to me, and he, he made a couple of references to to what Alabama's done today, as you know, he's all about development, practice time, guys getting better over time. You know, he talked about it with freshman receivers he's talked about it with the quarterbacks uh over the last week when that was the big topic uh he talked about it with his defensive line saying that you know alabama can plug other guys in when Jalen waddle gets hurt because guys like john met you know have been in the program guys like slade bolden have yeah. been in the program they know the offense they know the system they kind of just know you know you can plug in players not only are those guys talented but they've been developed and they've gotten a lot of practice time and time to get better as players whereas you know tennessee is Still young, a lot of places. I know people don't want to hear that, but um, you know, you look. He, was, he pointed out on the defensive line some examples. You know, two guys that are playing a lot: Michelle Bumpus and Jaquan Blakely. All you know, they played on offense for two years. Amari Thomas is a freshman. He got here in June. Uh, Daryl Middleton missed a lot of the preseason, and he's he's never had a spring since he's been here. Same for Savion Williams. You know, two junior college guys that just haven't gotten a lot of time, a lot of practice time. So, um, and that's a del- you know that's a developmental position too. So. Uh, he, he keeps, you know, that, that if fans don't want to hear that. They're thinking year three, it's time to make some noise. Um, it was interesting to me that he was saying, you know, uh, when he got asked five different times about the gap being closed, he was like, I was over there three years ago. I saw where this program was. I saw where it was when I took over. Uh, and I can show you that we're in a better spot now than we were. 
Um, that that you know the gap to Alabama's. I don't think that was what he was asked, but I think he's more or less saying that they're are in much better shape as a program now compared to uh, where they were when they took over. I don't think anybody can argue that at this point. Yeah, I, I think I think some I, I think some will, but I don't agree with it. Well, some will just because they're mad about the last three games, that, and that's fine. That you know I understand that, but um, you know he he's he is preaching publicly now stay the course keep developing keep working and i'm not sure you know people don't want to hear that but what else is he supposed to say he said oh well we lost three games we're just gonna mail it in i mean i yeah i don't know you know do they, do they want him to go up there and kick the podium or something like i don't I yeah don't it's know. like I, I don't you know i don't i don't know what some people want now i think you know when you when you get to this point um you know three years of how he sounds like us he talks like us we like that about him now becomes you're parsing through every word as a reason to you know, point out the negativity and it's, you know, and he's, you know, they're, they kind of get in this bubble players and coaches, you know, they, they don't, they don't hear what's being said, written, posted, all that stuff. You know, they go to class, go to the complex, watch film, get ready for practice, all that stuff. You know, that, that's kind of where they are. Um, and that, that's sort of their singular focus. So that's why, you know, for some people, it's going to sound like, you know, read the room, but their their room is a lot different than a lot of other people's. Yeah, and I think that, that there's, you know, they're not fighting three weeks of frustration with people. They're, they're fighting 12 years of it. And that that's we we've seen this and maybe fourteen if you want to throw in this this yeah. series this losing streak to Alabama. Yeah, I mean they're 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 fighting a dozen or so years of a lot of futility in football and the frustration grows over time and people just get more and more frustrated and it builds and it builds and, and we've seen, you know, multiple Tennessee head coaches now kind of reach this point where people start to get really frustrated and the honeymoon period ends and now it's like, okay, let's start seeing results and, and that's I think this is a weird year, and so I don't think anything is going to happen. I think people need to slow their roll on that. Uh, but, you know, listen, this is the third year. It's been a weird year, but it's the third year. And you would like to see at the end of the season that this is a better team than it was last year. And, and it could be. We don't know. I mean, this is a huge bye week coming up for them. But these things, these losses, they take on more meaning over time. They just do. And 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 – you know, Pruitt and these guys are going to have to understand that. They are fighting. You know, there's something that Matthew Butler said after the game, Tennessee's senior defensive lineman. He said something that, that I just was like, whoa, okay, he gets it, as he usually does. He said that Alabama has a winning culture. Tennessee has a winning history. That's the difference right now. They, are, they have tried so hard to rebuild this culture at Tennessee, and they're working on it, but it's not there yet. It's just not. I mean, with the, incons- with the inconsistent performance, with the, just some of the boneheaded mistakes we're seeing, the culture is not sort of where it still needs to be. It's, it's just not. But this is halfway through the season, and I'm not going to sit here and pronounce this season DOA when it's – I thought they'd be 3-2 and two right now, and they're 2-3. and three. And the Kentucky loss was miserable, much worse than the Alabama game. I don't care what anybody says. It's the truth. And so now they got to go out there and do work. They got to go take a couple of these games. And maybe people think they didn't, they, they weren't going to win. They got to win them because they don't need to sit here at four and six or three and seven at the end of this season. They got to go out there and do work. But I'm not convinced that that's not possible. Uh, and a couple things. First of all, if, if they go out and, lose a tough game or, or get beat by Arkansas, then then that that would be 
you can start mashing the panic button again like you did yes. after the Kentucky game. Sure. I mean that that you know losing to that program that came into this uh season with a what 19 game losing streak. I know Sam Pittman's done a great job. He's made a couple of really good coordinator hires. I said that early in the offseason. Uh didn't take long for that to to get played out to be true. Um I got a bold prediction right today too. So I came so yeah, close. Did. I came so close on one. So close. So um shout out to me. And I almost got the final score right. So I'm I'm pretty much on a roll. Hey I got I got uh, I had forty eight four I had forty eight fourteen is the so pick. okay I'm not far behind there buddy. And so if, if you do that off of an open date Okay, that that that'll be pretty indefensible. Uh, losing to Alabama by thirty-one is not necessarily indefensible because uh, there are going to be a lot of teams this bad. I mean, Texas A&M is, I think, has a talent, more talented roster than Tennessee. And what was that game? 52-24? Yeah. What's the math on that one? Twenty-eight? I don't know. Um, Seems right. I'm not a math major. I leave that up to my wife. But I think, think that was twenty-eight. Um, and, and two, uh, saw a lot of a lot of jokes and tweets about who's getting fired at halftime and who's who's getting fired after the game and, oh, the secondary looks bad, so let's fire the tight ends coach. Um, if, if any more staff changes are going to come, it's, it's probably not going to be until after the season. Um, and that's when everything will be reviewed. Yeah, that was a very special circumstance on the DL. That was something that had been really, really, really bothering Pruitt for a while, and he just could not wait. And basically, he's made it sound like uh, they like weren't even practicing, hardly. <laughs> I mean – it, it, it was one of the most predictable things of the week when Wednesday after, after practice, Pruitt was asked about the defensive line and said, hey, they've had their best three practices of the week since I took over. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, – who could have seen that one coming? And then Shocker. Talking about him. Uh, and I thought Matthew Butler had some interesting things to say about that because he said, you know, players found out during their meetings on Sunday and uh, he said that in the business of college football, you don't really have time to react because you're already on to the next opponent, the next practice, the next whatever. Um, and you just go, but he did say that they did some different things, uh, in practice. And even though they didn't see the results, sometimes those small changes can lead to big things. So, um, yeah, if, if there's going to be any changes to the staff, um, and, and I was apparently somebody on CBS during the pregame shows made it sound like Tennessee was on the verge of hiring somebody. We'll see, but, uh, I've been under the impression over the last few days that they, that this would be something that Pruitt would address, um, at the end or after the season, I, I don't know who you're going to hire from another job right now. Um, but I mean, stranger you know, things have happened, but that would be hire, pretty I also strange. Didn't think they would fire Jimmy Brumbach before games, and they did that. So, yeah, uh, I guess I guess nothing can be ruled out at this uh, uh, in this uh, in this day and age. Yeah, and and we'll have plenty to discuss too because this is a bye week coming up next week, so there's not going to be as many availabilities to talk to people. But we will have some podcasts. We'll have plenty to discuss, and and I think. Some perspective on a game like this um, is nice. Maybe getting 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 take up a couple days and think about it's probably going to help a lot of people. I think having an open date is going to help Tennessee a lot. Uh, and I still think that um, I'm going to say something that I said at the beginning of the podcast um, that lock loss to Kentucky still sucks. <laughs> and that's that's that to me that's the difference in this team being where I thought it would be right now is the fact that it's that loss to Kentucky sucks. Yeah, I mean if you if you'd gone in into this open date, please don't call it the bye week. Um, That's true. If you've gone into it, because we'll, we'll be working, we'll be working. Um, if because if you were three and two and you lost by twenty three and thirty one to Georgia, people would be kind of wondering when are they going to finally get back to compete with those two teams. But they it wouldn't be as as angsty. Everybody's irritable now because you blew the Kentucky game so bad. 
But you know what, Pat? Uh, we're, we're used to that right now. I mean, that's hey, that we live in that zone. People, people. This feel is our an first angst. rodeo, Wes. People feel an angst. Listen, this is right. This is right in our sweet spot. All right, it's not where we want to be. Uh, it's not the, the how we want to deal with people, but but we're used to it now. We're used to it. Is there anything else you got, Pat? Before you step out here? Nope. I think that's a good. I'm done. I think that's a good place to leave it. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want Just Tennessee News, nothing else on Twitter, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7 or you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7. It's not just Tennessee stuff on the Facebook page, but it's mostly Tennessee stuff on there. So uh, you can check that out too at facebook.com slash govals 24-7. But if you want the best source, just the just the, the delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring water, right, right from the source, go to govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to talk Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball. And guys, hey, it's almost basketball season. Plenty of good stuff to think about there. Plenty of good stuff to talk about there. We'll get to all of that, too. Uh, Lady Vols coverage from Maria Cornelius does an awesome job covering the Lady Vols for us. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. We've got two message boards there. we got the checkerboard, uh, which is the main form. Uh, and then we've got uh, the summit, the appropriately named summit, um, where Maria and everybody talk a lot of Lady Vols sports all the time. Lots of really good stuff on both boards. Highly recommend that. Go check that out. And if you pay us the full price for a subscription, we'll always give you a good deal at the beginning. But if you want to pay full price, which is still less than one mediocre lunch per month, I cannot stress that enough. Less than one mediocre lunch per month will get you access to CBS All Access uh, for free. That's a $100 plus annual value to CBS's streaming service where you get live sports, live sports like college sports, SEC football, uh, basketball, college basketball, NCAA tournament, uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, all kinds of good stuff there, World Series of Poker stuff. And, oh, by the way, every show CBS has ever made, commercial-free, new movies in and out every month, uh, also stuff from uh, Smithsonian and Nickelodeon for the kids, also stuff from BET, MTV, Comedy Central, all kinds of good stuff. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free if you pay us full price to go Vols 24-7. So please go check that out. Uh, if nothing else, you should hear from us again on Monday. I would imagine, probably, that seems about right. And uh, I think that's about it. And I'm going to go put these vocal cords on ice. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.